You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. My name is Joe Hopkins. I will be your host today as Dave Griffiths is out on vacation, but we do have the return of the valiant Mike Chappell. Uh, Mike's still on the mend, but I see you're doing a little better there, Mike. How are you? I'm not, you sometimes you got to play hurt. You know, so, so I'm two weeks into my hip replacement, uh, slow but sure. So, you know, fortunately, there's not a lot going on as far as having to get out and get around. So uh, we'll be ready to go when camp starts, if camp yeah. starts in July. Yeah, yeah. And we did get a little bit of news about that today. We'll go over the news notes of uh, the past week here. We'll also hear from Colts new quarterback, Philip Rivers, who spoke with local media and we'll discuss what would define a successful season in 2024, Philip Rivers. But, Mike, one thing I've been meaning to ask you, would you define it as a procedure or a surgery that you had? Oh, it was a surgery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever they put you under and you're in the hospital for, for an overnight, it, it's, a, it's a surgery. And it's, it's like they always say, there's no such thing as a minor surgery when it's on you. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. I know that's been a... A little joke of the past. I've been aiming to get that at you. But um, some of the news of the past week, um, we'll start with the Colts. Head coach Frank Wright said that this is the last week of the Colts' virtual organized team activities. Players will try and get together on their own next week. Um, Philip Rivers had discussed that he's already getting getting together with a few guys and throwing, working on some routes. Um, Frank Wright added that rookies are scheduled to report to training camp July 22nd. And veterans are scheduled to arrive the 28th. Mike, um, you know, we're kind of just approaching with caution when it comes to training camps and NFL regular season as the ultimate end goal here. But it seems like camp's going to happen. Yeah, and, and they're approaching it the, the way they've done the entire offseason, except for being not being together, is, is they're trying to have it business as usual. And in a normal offseason – they would have started in the middle of April and it'd be done right about now. Uh, the league is allowing teams to do their virtual off season through June 26th. I think it is. And I checked with Frank and they're, they're, they're going to stick with what their plans are. Veterans done are, are done with their zoom off, um, virtual off season this week, probably today. Rookies will stick around for a week, maybe two and veterans will get together some next week on their own because once they're done, with this virtual offseason, the coaches cannot have that. You can't have coaches out overseeing practice, and neither can you have the practices at the complex. But uh, that's what you have to do. You have to take the approach that we're going to go, you know, rookies report J- July 22nd, and then the veterans on the 28th, and adjust from there. And I think there will be adjustments from there because I just, I've seen reports to how maybe. And you, you've got it in our outline here that, that maybe they cut back preseason to two games. Uh, and whether that means extending the preseason or the offseason workouts to get these guys in football shape, because what you can't do is just dive into training camp and go into preseason without knowing that these guys have had the offseason to kind of get into football shape. The worst thing you want to have is 10, 12, 20 guys come up with hamstring issues or soft tissue issues. So I I would be surprised if there's four preseason games, maybe the two, the second, the third game, and it's going to give them more of a, of a 
elongated off or uh, training camp, so to speak, to sort of get ready for the season. Yeah, that report coming from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero there saying that um, the NFL and the NFL Players Association are discussing that possibility of sh shortening the preseason from four games to two um, with just like you said, kind of an extended training camp period, really just allowing players to get ramped up for the season because, I mean, it, we've seen it. It happens every year where a star player goes down and it's a fluke right. injury where they tear their ACL in training camp before the season even begins. And um, there's no worse feeling than that. than they're not even on the playing field and the injury happens. Um, so certainly want to make sure that players are ready. Um, also from Pelissero, he said that there's no dates yet set are discussing the possibility of having certain players such as rookies and veterans who change teams and might need physicals to return to club facilities on a limited basis before June 26. Um, right now, coaches are allowed at the team facilities, um, but the NFL and NFL Player Association still working on details as to when exactly they'll have players come in. It seems like they're not going to have just everyone come in at once. There'll be certain players kind of um, gradually coming into team facilities. But, I mean, we got another month, month and a half here, and then we're in a time for training camp, trying to the, the real deal. Um, sadly, it won't be in Westfield, and we won't get to watch it. Um, fans, that is, in years past. But um, this certainly, certainly, I guess, encouraging news for fans who hope to see football in the fall i mean we still don't have basketball yet um still waiting on baseball but at least in the football world things seem to be progressing in a positive nature um and i mean you talk about players changing teams philip rivers is one of those players and he spoke with local media this week about changing teams getting acclimated to a new city he said he just moved his family here um all nine children and his wife so let's go ahead and listen to what philip had to say um, and he spoke on Wednesday to the media in Indianapolis. Coach Reich told us that uh, you brought the whole gang here to Indianapolis. You guys have moved into the Circle City. Give us our first, your first thoughts of living, uh, living in the city with the, uh, with the family. Um, yeah, we all got moved in here. I guess we've been here <clears throat> almost a week now. Um, but uh, it's been great, obviously. Um, haven't really moved in, uh, in a long time. The last time uh, we made a, a, a big cross country move, uh, it was just my wife and I and, and my oldest, which was, which was two years old. She was two years old. So quite a different move with 11 of us. Uh, but uh, the transition has been, been smooth. Uh, the people I've, I've ran into so far around town have been uh, uh, very welcoming and uh, we're, we're excited to be here. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been a pretty week, you know, it, I, I'm here and I'm, I'm getting a feel for the weather, the summers I'm getting a feel for these, these summer nights have been, uh, have been beautiful. So, and, and getting used to it, getting dark after nine o'clock, it's been a little crazy. We've been out playing and look up and it's nine Oh five and still light outside, but uh, it's been a, it's been a good transition so far, still getting settled in, but our whole family's happy to be here. Great. Thank All you. All right, Mike. Yeah. Mike Chapel. Yeah, Philip. Frank talked about how uh, once the virtual OTAs are done, you know, the, you're going to start getting players together on your own, working out in the next week or two. What are your plans? What can you share with what your plans are? And maybe more than that, what's the va what value will you draw from being on the field with these guys? 
Yeah, well, I, first, I mean, I, obviously I know info gets out. It gets out all around the league. You hear where guys are throwing and, and getting together. And uh, I know that's part of it. The fans want to know. and People want to know that, that their, their, their team's working and, and improving. But I've always uh, at least preferred for, for at least our guys to know that it didn't, it, it didn't come from me that, that, uh, that I'm trying to let everyone know uh, what I'm trying to get done and as far as organizing. Wow, look at Phillip. He's getting the guys together. So it's really not about that. Uh, but certainly is important to all of us, important to, to all our guys that uh, we get together and get some work done because we've gotten great work done in the meetings. Um, but certainly uh, I haven't met many of these guys in person, much less thrown them a pass or, or had a had a person-to-person conversation. Uh, so um, we've actually a handful, a few of us have thrown already uh, in this past week, uh, and, and that'll continue kind of as the summer goes, I, you know, we, we plan, at least I plan our family plans on being here throughout the rest of the summer. So I know guys obviously scatter and do their, some family vacations and such. And obviously with the times right now, who knows what that's going to uh, be for guys. We've almost been at our homes for obviously an extended period of time. But um, I, I, I tell you that the, the few, the few uh, sessions we've had, it's, I, I really feel like, uh, we've gotten a lot out of these Zoom meetings. but So we get into these, we start throwing, and it really doesn't feel like the first time once we get out there because we really have been, uh, you know, in some ways speaking the same language, uh, you know, depending on how long the player's been here for many years. And then we've been hearing it together now the last seven, eight, you know, 10, nine, 10 weeks. Um, and then now we get on the field, and it it's, seems like we're, we're ahead of the curve a little bit from that standpoint. So – uh, it'll continue uh, kind of inter- intermittently throughout the rest of the summer. And, um, you know, it's those little things that come up. It's not the matter of going out there and throwing a comeback and throwing a curl and throwing a shallow. I mean, those things are good. We need that work. But it's more a little conversation that comes up or maybe seeing a guy's body movement going, ooh, I, I, felt, I felt how he did that at the top of a route. And I, I like how that feels. Or, hey, here's what I'm expecting. You know, it's all those little conversations that, that come up in the next few weeks and throughout training camp that we will be very helpful. All right, Olivia Ray. Uh, Phil, uh, we were out outside Lucas Oil Stadium today looking at that Peyton Manning statue, and for a lot of most of his career, people were following that streak of consecutive starts he had. That's one number people watched. Um, I wanted to know what your streak means for you and your career. Yeah, well, um, I was always aware of his streak as well. Um, you know that's that that's that, that is one um, uh, I guess streak or one kind of uh, thing that I've, that's always meant a lot to me. I, I think you know it is it, a lot of things that go into that, right? I mean, it's it's obviously been been blessed enough to be healthy enough to be out there. There there is a there is an element of toughness to it. Uh, there's also means you guys are protecting you. I mean, there's it's so many things involved that allow you to to be able to suit up each and every week. But that's always been important to me to to be available and to be out there uh, every Sunday that I, that I could be. And thankfully that's been, you know, I don't know, 220-something plus in a row. So, um, you know, certainly the desire and hope is to keep that keep that thing going and keep it going. Uh, but it's, you know, I always, I always admired that about Peyton and obviously about Brett Favre, uh, Eli as well, um, and many guys. And, again, there's some circumstances you can't. You can't help it. I, I certainly understand that, but I always thought, you know, those guys being out there and, and, and each and every week, I've always, always admired that about those guys and always wanted to be uh, kind of in that group from a standpoint of being available every Sunday. All right, George Bremer. 
Philip. Thanks for your time. Uh, I saw an interview you did earlier this offseason with, I think, the Los Angeles Times where you said that you're not going to be one of those guys who's sticking around just to chase a ring. That's not really going to be what you base your whole career on. But how much did the opportunity to compete for a Super Bowl play into your decision to come here to Indianapolis? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's um, it certainly it, it certainly plays a part. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, every team believes they got a chance, but there's probably only, you know, all 32 probably don't really have a chance to win it all each and every year. And, and I know it, it, whichever team you're on, you, you're going to believe that, and as competitors you do, but certainly uh, having the opportunity to come here with, uh, you know, with what uh, this team has built and, and Chris Ballard and Frank and Mr. Ursay and the whole organization and what they've kind of gotten built and, and the direction that we're, we're headed here uh, made it exciting. It certainly did. Uh, but it wasn't, the only, it wasn't the only thing. I do still love to play. I mean, I love to suit up and play. I love the, the camaraderie in the locker room. I love that, uh, you know, being a teammate. I love all that comes with it, uh, the, the life lessons, still being able to come home after a day's work or come home after a game, uh, win or lose, and have, have good discussions with my children and family about things you've learned and things, how to deal with things. So I, there's still a lot of value in it uh, way beyond uh, trying to, you know, lead a team to a championship, but certainly that is, that is the ultimate goal and, and having an opportunity to be on a team and be part of a team that, that where that's a realistic goal certainly uh, was a positive. All right, Stephen Holder. Hey, Philip. Um, I wonder something, uh, just watching from afar, um, you know, when you're a quarterback, you're a high draft pick, you have a lot of success over your career. Obviously that comes with a lot of um, attention and praise. Uh, it felt like, at least from afar, last year might have been one of the first years where people maybe doubted you. I don't know if that's too strong a word, but maybe you felt that, maybe you didn't. You don't strike me as a guy who's bothered by that. But um, did you did you feel – what did that feel like for the first time? And do you, as a result, feel like you have something to prove, or do you care about any of that? Yeah, well, it's, it's – it's, I, th- I think you, you, you have the right read on that uh, – at its uh, at its core is that I really it doesn't bother me I don't care but at the same time shoot we're all human and at, at times I think I think what may may have aggravated me a little bit last year was you know uh, that I just couldn't play anymore you know when you, you heard that it, it bothered me because I wanted to go shoot let's turn on the tape and, and watch all the good things yes there were some there were some bad plays last year there were some certainly throws I want back and, and certainly some very costly you know, uh, uh, mistakes. Um, so, I, and I own up to all those, but I just think I, I, there was so much good. And, and I, I still, shoot, I, I had some throws last year that were probably as good as I've had in my whole career. So I, I, I knew, so I didn't feel like I had to, you know, sell that to anyone, but at the same time, it, it, it did aggravate you a little bit. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to be aware. I'm one of those guys that likes to be aware you know, I don't go searching for stories and, and want to keep up with what everybody thinks. Uh, but at the same time, I, I like to kind of be in tune with uh, with what's going on. I don't really try to hide from that. I'm not one of those that doesn't turn on the TV or, or look at anything during the season. So, but I don't feel like I have anything to prove. But I am excited uh, though to go to go have a better season and go play go play better and and uh, help this team. You know, win a bunch of games and and uh, and obviously chase try to accomplish our goals. But I, I, that, that again, isn't a motivating factor. Um, That is, I I don't go, gosh, I gotta, I I gotta keep going just so they don't, nobody thinks I've lost it. That certainly uh, is way, 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 way down. If even on the list, I don't even, I don't even think about that uh, as far as, as far as going into this season. All right, Mike Wells. 
Hey, Philip, I uh, appreciate the time with us. Um, can you kind of take us through what it's been like trying to uh, get caught up to speed and learning the offense, doing it virtually? I know, you know, you've run Frank's system essentially since 2013, but what this process has been like since this started in uh, mid-April? Yeah, you know, it's been uh, – it's really exceeded expectations as far as terms of what we've been able to get done. I, I, I had I really could not have imagined uh, – getting as much done as we're getting done. I think it's a credit to the coaching staff to obviously Frank uh, starts with, and then in terms of organizing it all, but, uh, and I can't speak for the defensive side but, and what Nick has done uh, offensively with the staff, how organized and how um, efficient the meetings have been. I mean, I, I really, I could go on and on. It's been unbelievable from just seamless, you know, from different coaches presenting to different coaches sharing sharing their screen and sharing video and, and going to this, to that, and doing virtual walk walkthroughs and Ryan's making calls and we're sending guys in motion. And we're, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. So I, I don't think, uh, had I, had I, had this not been my first year here, I would have said, shoot, I don't know, uh, you know, what more we could have gained uh, by being in the building from a meeting standpoint. Now, shoot, gosh, you, you lose a lot. Like I already mentioned, the camaraderie in the locker room and sitting in there after you've, you've done the conditioning and then obviously the on-the-field work that we would have gotten done and all the time spent together. But in terms of just football and just in the meeting room and, and what we can get done, I don't know what we've, uh, you know, what's been lacking. So it's been really good. And like you said, I, I do know the scheme. Um, I, I've known it, but there's always tweaks. Uh, there's always tweaks when you haven't been with, uh, guys in a, in a handful of years and it's been longer with without Frank than it has been Nick but and then obviously the mesh of, of those two and then of other coaches and their ideas there's different there's different terminology that they've changed sometimes things that I, I remember calling this now we're calling that so that and that I feel like that's been good for me you know I, I there hasn't been the I always worked at it hard in the off season, but I never had to study you know I mean I I would work and like to watch tape and go back and and evaluate the previous year and do all that stuff. But as far as actually studying playbook stuff, I hadn't had to do that in a long time. So that has actually been been uh, been fun to do and been kind of a challenge to uh, have to flip through the notebook and, and look up things that you you're used to knowing like the back of your hand. I've had to had to work at that a little bit. Then I want to ask you a follow up question. When you have nine kids and you're quarantined, how do you guys entertain each other? I mean, how how what has this been like with nine kids and basically being isolated? Well, I tell you, it's uh, it's uh, as you can imagine, it's it, it, there's it, that's a lot of us in the home all the time. But uh, we, um, it's been awesome. It really has. Uh, it's been really good. There's all it, we, we can't use the excuse that our children can't use the excuse they're bored. There's there's plenty of playmates in the house. So um, it's uh, you know, thankfully we were you know throughout the winter months, uh, which uh, I know were tougher up here. We were we were in in the in the Gulf in the Panhandle of Florida, Northwest Florida. So we were, it was, it, it got turned to spring a little sooner than it did here. So we were at least able to be out and about in the neighborhood riding bikes and things like that. But, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, I know obviously um, probably many, 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 not probably many, many more negatives and, and heartaches and hardships uh, and shoot and deaths and all that, that the virus has brought with the quarantine. But, um, some of the positives were certainly uh, spending a lot more family time, as I know all of us can appreciate. All right, Zach Kiefer. Hey, Philip, you touched on this a little bit, 
Uh, it's got to be a little weird to have a bunch of new teammates at this stage of your career and also maybe a little refreshing. Um, I'm just curious, how have your relationship developed with a guy like T.Y. Hilton and Quentin Nelson and Anthony Costanzo and then Jacoby Brissett as well? Because that could have been an awkward situation. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I think it is it is weird being on, you know, being in the in these virtual meetings and obviously you, you, you text guys here and there and you, you, you reach out with a phone call here and there, but uh, it's just not the same when you're not around them. I think that that interaction and the, the joking and the, the, the way you kind of communicate, it's hard to fully uh, get, get all of it and kind of have the, those kind of bonds and those interactions unless you're in person. So I've tried to do it a little bit, you know, in the meetings and the huddle as we're doing things, you know, uh, kind of just, go about it the way I would always. Uh, and you're not really sure how it comes off um, when you're not with the guys can't always see their reactions. Just like I can't see all your faces right now, but you know, it's, it's uh, so it, it is different, but it, it is refreshing in a sense. I mean, I, 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 uh, I truly, I truly, one of my favorite things is being a teammate. I love being a teammate. I love that, that, you know, that, that locker room and, and having, you know, so many different guys and having because of a football uh, we've all come together and have been able to meet and here I am in year 17 and going to a whole new locker room and being brand new uh, and not knowing really any of these guys other than competing against them. So um, I look forward to, I look forward to training camp to get to actually be around these guys in person. I look forward to, you know, the, the few weeks to come when I'll, I'll be around them a bit more as well. So uh, it was interesting, you know, uh, you know, seeing, you know, I no reason to keep it secret, seeing, seeing Jack and, in, in Paris the last couple of days, you know, and I've been in a meeting with them for eight weeks, but didn't see them in person and saying, Hey, nice to meet you. You know, nice to meet you in person finally. So uh, it certainly is a little weird, but um, it's been, it's been great. I, I've heard nothing but positives about the locker room and certainly um, it's all been true. Uh, if not even more uh, just based on being around them now virtually for the last handful of weeks. All right, Greg Doyle. What up, Philip? How are you doing? Hey, Greg. Hey, two questions. That's what I do. One is, uh, where did you and your family move to? What town and what school system will your kids be in? Well, uh, part 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 one to your question is, I'm not real sure. You know, some, sometimes when I, I give an address out, they say I'm in Westfield, and then other times they've said Noblesville. So uh, I'm in one of the two. And as far as schools go, we're not quite sure yet. We're kind of zeroing in on that. Uh, we, we homeschooled last year. And, um, and with all that's obviously transpired in the last few months, um, not knowing what's ahead, we're still kind of sorting through that. Okay. All right. Thank you. Second question. Um, yeah, that was one question, Conti. That, okay. Here's my second one. Um, were you here or were you there in Alabama or the Panhandle, wherever, during all these protests? Um, and the same question, Conti, is what has it meant to you personally, whether it's just thoughts you've had about it or if you've been out and seen it yourself? Um, yeah, I guess I guess we've kind of been in both places. I, I, uh, we were there and, and um, you know, days are running together when you're moving, all of us. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I guess both places. No, I'm not seeing it in person. Um, you know, I, I tell you, last week uh, was a tough week, you know, and – and, and really for our team, for people all around, all over the country, I know. Um, um, I thought Frank did a heck of a job with the way he set up the week. And um, I was moving one day and, and wasn't on the call uh, in the meeting. And then I was in and out the next day and then got to be on there the last day. But, you know, really devoting the whole week to really just letting 
letting guys, you know, share their stories and, and, and I guess to, um, you know, just, it, it, he went about it a great way. And I, I think the thing I took from it is, you know, just being able to, and again, it different because I didn't know a lot of these guys, but feel like I've gotten to know them even better uh, without meeting them just because you hear some of the, and hear their pain, uh, hear some of their story, uh, hear some of these guys story here. And, um, you know, I think just being there to listen, being there to listen first. And then um, going back to being a teammate, I, I love being a teammate. And I think with being a teammate and I, and, and this is really what I, I kind of shared with the guys was that being a teammate, I think comes with a lot of responsibility. I think um, uh, in this particular moment as a new teammate um, and, you know, being, being able to listen, uh, being able to let them know you, you love, you love them and care about them and willing to pray for them and really uh, be on the team, be on the team for, um, you know, uh, the improvements needed in, in, in social justice and, uh, you know, police reform and, and w w whatever those things come to be that, that uh, we can get behind to help make things better. So, uh, it, you know, in a lot of ways, it was a, it was a tough week and I can't imagine, I can say it was a tough week and I don't have, I, I don't have the same stories, obviously. Uh, but I think when you hear your, your buddies, and again, some that I don't know well yet, uh, when you can hear in their voice, the pain that they felt or have felt and feel, um, you feel, you feel connected, uh, even more so. And hopefully, uh, that's what's happening, uh, you know, all around the country that more and more people are listening, more and more people will understand. And, um, you know, you, you almost wish everyone could be in a locker room and be a part of a team, because I do think there's a specialness there. There's a brotherhood there that's unique. And I think that's what was felt in the last, you know, last week in those few days of meetings. Uh, there was a, it's bigger than football, but there was a there was a level of togetherness that that we we grew in last week, no doubt, uh, just by opening up and listening and sharing, and uh, so it was a uh, it was a tough week, but I think it in a lot of ways it was a special it was a special week. All right, Phil B. Welcome to Indy, Philip. Thank you for your time, sir. Um, Googling on the fly here, looking at your hat. I see there's a story behind that phrase, what it means to you, how you came about it. I hope you don't mind enlightening a new market, what those words mean to you. Yeah, no, thanks for your question. Yeah, I, um, yeah, y'all, y'all be tired of this hat by the end of, by the end of this season probably, but it, it tends to be on my head most of the time unless I'm asleep. But um, Nuke Chepi is the, uh, I guess I should say is the Alabama version uh, of the Latin uh, or the Alabama pronunciation of the Latin phrase. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it, in its purest form, I guess it means now I begin, uh, but it's the never ending beginning. You're always beginning. Uh, now I begin again and again and again. Um, it's uh, it, it was, it was shared to me uh, by a priest friend years ago um, and, and it's really, if you asked any of my children, what what's dad's favorite phrase or what's our family phrase, they would, they would, they would say it immediately. And I, I, I really try to apply it to my life uh, all the way through, um, both as a dad, as a husband, as a, as a, in my faith, um, on the football field, as a quarterback, as a teammate, as a, I mean, anything you do, you're always beginning again. So I've always, you know, you always hear a lot about finish and we much, much in sports is about finish and some, you know, and, you, and, and this is kind of the opposite of that. It's also how many times have you heard every, every player that's ever played say, let's go, 
you know, let's go. Everybody's always saying, let's go. And it's, so it's, it's a, it's just a different way of saying that. No, it's new checking. You know, let's begin. We begin again. We begin again. So I've always used it football wise. Personally, it's, Hey, you throw a touchdown, new checking, you know, let's begin. You now we got to begin again. Now we begin. You throw an interception, you certainly got to begin again. And so obviously uh, I, I give, gave you the brief version of how it applies. And um, I've shared it with teammates over the years and different teams and things. And, if it hits you, it hits you. And if it doesn't, you know, you can discard it. But I've always thought um, it's been very applicable, I think, with, with our children, you know, with young people, it's applicable. It's with all of us, right? Uh, in the classroom, um, you know, they're struggling in, in math or they have a bad test grade. Well, new checking, you know, big, I've seen it. I've seen it used. I, I, I've seen it. I've seen a comparison. I've, I've seen it used also like a big stack of laundry, right? Or, or a bunch of dishes in the sink. And if you look at the whole big pile, it looks like a lot. But if you just begin again and begin again and begin again, you look up and that, and that, that uh, you know, the sink will be clean and the laundry will be folded. So uh, there, there it is. Thank you. Got time for just a couple more here. Joel Erickson, go ahead. Hey, Philip. Uh, having been through the lockout, uh, does it, do you see parallels with, with this season? And is there anything you learned that you've tried to, from from that year that you tried to apply this this off season so far, yeah, I think very very in a lot of ways very similar different different in in this way uh, different in the fact that we truly there were no meetings there were no nothing there was no contact there was no anything um, with the coaching staff so really a lot less uh, got done from a you know from that standpoint uh, I was in we were in San Diego at the time still down in San Diego and there was about 15 or 18 of us though that stayed there and 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 trained together at, at uh, USD actually we did a we did kind of a uh, you know mini camp uh, or a version of a mini camp one one uh, one week but so it was similar it, it was similar in, the, in in a lot of ways but I, I, I think probably get gotten way more done. I would not probably definitely gotten way more done this way because of the, the meetings and the way they've been done and, and the way they've been organized and run and then still getting to get together here in the next, you know, six weeks, I guess we're six weeks from tomorrow, assuming camp starts on time or something like that somewhere in there uh, when things will get going. All right, Kevin Bowen. Philip, thank you for the time. Um, kind of going off Joel's question right there. Worry might be too harsh for a word, but are you curious the fact that you haven't thrown really to any of these guys first time in your career, you know, no OTAs, no, no, at least many camp with coaches on the field. Uh, what are your feelings? And do you ever think, man, this is going to be a little bit weird. You know, I, I, uh, I, I really don't, I mean, I, not to, not to kind of make it like a no big deal, but I just don't think it's going to be, I mean, I, uh, I really don't. I mean, I, I can, I can say again, I, I've thrown twice with a, with a few guys and it's, I go, man, I, it didn't feel like it's just two times. It really doesn't. And I think a lot of that, again, is, is being in this, the same offense. And it's, you know, um, Nick, Frank, and along with the other coaches, it's been the, the, the route disciplines, the route technique. The, it's all been coached the way I'm from, used to. You know, it's like they're running the route the way I I, I know the, the way I ran it and believe it and know it. So I think that's going to make for an easier transition from that standpoint. And um, uh, so I, 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 it's, it's, it's funny though. I'm more excited than I am concerned. It's more exciting. Like I, I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous the night before we were going to throw the other day. I was like, shoot, I'm, 
throw these guys for the first time. I better I'd throw a bunch of balls at their head or throw a bunch in the dirt. I wanted to make sure they that, back to the back to your question, Stephen, earlier. It's like I want to make sure they knock and still throw it. Shoot, I don't want to come in here and make them go. Why did we get this guy? So uh, it's actually been more exciting to get with them than uh, than anything. All right, last one, Stacy. Hey, Philip. Um, Frank Frank talked last week about you know kind of jumping on what Kevin just asked you about sort of learning the idiosyncrasies with Nick on on tape of somebody like Ty or Jack or Naeem. Um, I'm, I'm curious what you've learned, some of the, the process of what that looks like, maybe an example of something you've learned about the way TY operates that you could share. And then when you envision this offense, um, what does it look like for Colts fans next season? Um, yeah, well, so I, I think the, the, one of the, again, one of the little nuances and, and awesome ways Nick has really run these meetings um, is we'll talk through routes. He's showing clips, you know, he's asking T.Y., tell us, T.Y., tell us, teach us this route. And so T.Y. goes, and then Nick explains the whole concept. And then he'll say, hey, Philip, tell us uh, anything else you want to add. And then so it's there's that there's that dialogue that um, so that we're seeing it the same way. Hey, T.Y., now if they do this, I'm expecting you to do a little this right here. And boom, boom. And, you know, so there's, that, there's, there's been some uh, good conversation and interaction um, in these meetings, it hasn't just been coach presenting and a bunch of guys sitting here listening. It's been very interactive. So I think that helps, you know, when, when Nick says, Hey, Naheem, tell me, tell me, uh, what are you going to do on the verse? Uh, if the guy plays you like this, what are you doing? And, and, and I'm thinking, well, I hope he says this, you know, cause as I'm seeing it. And so those kind of conversations have been really good. And, um, and then we've had messages here and there, you know, to T.Y. and I've messaged back and forth. I've sent him pictures of my son throwing uh, routes, and he sent me videos of his son running routes and vice versa. You know, so that's been fun, you know, Naheem on a few things here and there. I mean, I've tried to, I've, you know, and I, I shoot, I've failed to, 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 to connect with every guy, but I've tried to reach out best I can uh, to the guys over this period of time. Uh, you know, I think Colts fans and, and, and should expect, you know, a real, a real versatile – dynamic attack I mean the one thing that I can say has been confirmed is the guys up front and the way we run the football is uh is pretty awesome so uh obviously we're all excited about that I'm fired about that and 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 so that's where it starts and um, um usually good things come from that but it's going to be very uh we'll be very multiple and very uh dynamic and I think you know my time with Frank and Nick both one thing I know about Frank is um, you know, I was with him once and we threw it 65 times and we, we, we came up just short, but, uh, that was what we needed to do to win, to win that game. We didn't get it done, but that was the recipe. And I also know that, that we'll throw it 18 and hand it off a bunch too. It'll be whatever it takes to win that week. And I think that's, I, 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 that's certainly, uh, what I believe in as well. So, uh, super excited to be a part of, of the group. It's been, it's been, uh, Again, it's been awesome, and I haven't even, haven't even stepped foot in the building yet. So um, I'm super thankful and excited to, to have this opportunity and, and look forward to getting to, getting to meet the guys and, and get it going. And that was Colts' new quarterback, Philip Rivers. Mike, I thought there were several key takeaways from speaking with him. This was definitely the most we've gotten to hear from him since he became a member of the Indianapolis Colts. And kind of something that stuck out to me that I knew he was up there, but I had kind of forgotten 
was his consecutive start streak. I mean, he's second all-time behind only Brett Favre, who has a ridiculous 297 straight starts. But Rivers has 224. Behind him are Peyton and Eli Manning. Um, Eli's had 210, and Peyton's had 208. But Colts fans have had to deal with a lot of injuries at the quarterback position the last several years, whether that be Andrew Luck. Um, Jacoby Brissett had that injury that kind of derailed what was a promising start to the season last year. So, Mike, hopefully Rivers, at very least, can offer some stability to the position in 2020. Yeah, because if you don't have stability there, you're, you're just always going on fits and jerks, and, and there's no continuity. And again, one of the, one of the reasons that helped the Colts through the 2000s was, was Peyton started, was what was it, 208 straight games? Uh, when, you, when you know that your star player or star players are going to be out there, Reggie Wayne, it, it, it took, you know, a bone sticking through skin or a torn ACL or an elbow to keep Reggie out the field. And, and that's what you want. You know, Peyton and Jeff Saturday had that long stretch, uh, the league record stretch of consecutive center quarterback starts. And that's what you want. Frank Gore, you know, for crying out loud, still playing. When your best players are on the field, that's what you want. And hopefully Phillip Rivers can bring that. Well, you know, to do that, he's got, he's got to play at a high level. And as we've talked before, what, what the Colts and Colts fans are hoping for is that they're getting Phillip Rivers 2018 and not Phillip Rivers 2019. And we're not going to know that until we get into the season. We're not going to know much in training camp because I'm still one. First, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a little bit skeptical how training camp and the preseason is going to work. Because we just don't know. The one thing, again, we've talked about is at least the NFL will have the the opportunity of watching how the NBA works, whether it works or doesn't work. Baseball, we'll, we'll see. But there's so many variables. And the one that just jumped out at me is where the league put out their, their requirements, I guess, for training camp at the facilities is where and, and locker rooms are not built for this. 90 players, six feet apart. Uh, there's just there's no room, uh, so they're going to have to have some kind of whether they whether they bring in a trailer for for additional you know spillover. I don't know, but the idea I understand. But you're having players separated by six feet in the locker room, and then they're going to go out and practice for two two hours and be up close and personal, yeah. you know, blocking and tackling and pushing and shoving. So I just don't know how this is going to work and what happens when three players at Indy or four players in Frisco or whatever test positive. I just I want to see how this works. I hope it does because we're all getting tired from, from our end on what we do on covering a team like this. The players are tired of it. They want to get back to doing what they do. But there are so many unknowns. The league is doing what they can. The Colts are doing what they can to prepare for the unknown, but the unknown is there. And until we get into, you know, maybe the middle of August, we're not going to know how this is going to pan out. But it, it was so refreshing to talk to with Philip Rivers uh, earlier in the week. He's just he's just got that energy. Maybe that's the energy of the off season. You know, you, you don't remember that you're in your mid, you're up in thirties and and all that, and you're going into your seventeenth season. But I was really impressed by his optimistic outlook and what he expects. And the one thing that you mentioned about how 
new players having to learn things. Again, there's 30 players on this roster with the team for the first time. 30. So a third of your team is brand new. And Rivers said he's yet to be in the complex. He, he's not been in the building yet. Uh, and, and who knows when they will be. It, it may be later June when players can actually pay a visit. So he, he did confirm reluctantly that he's been throwing with, locally and with, with Jack Doyle and Paris Campbell. He said, I like to keep that stuff to ourselves. But Frank Reich told us that earlier in the week. So it's going to be so important for, for Rivers and T.Y. If T.Y. is here, it, it's going to be who's in town. Or where, I, I can't imagine them flying to Florida or whatever. But it's going to be so important to get together with guys. And first of all, to introduce yourself. Hello, I, I'm, I'm Philip Rivers, your quarterback. And, and, and then to get some bit of comfort with, with, with playing pitch and catch with guys. Because it's, it's, it's sort of as basic. But everybody's got their own little nuances. I remember we talked to uh, Luck a couple years ago, maybe it was last year, about with T.Y. And I think Luck went to Frank and said, now listen, T.Y. runs his certain routes his certain way. And sort of we have to adjust to T.Y. And, and that's what Philip Rivers needs to be able to do. You know, he, he knows everything that Keenan Allen does. He really knows nothing from what T.Y. Hilton does or Jack. Jack Doyle or any of these guys, certainly Michael Pittman. So whatever time they get on the field, two, three days, whatever it's going to be, is going to be invaluable. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. He was kind of talking about, you know, you can watch a guy run his routes virtually and that they've been talking with the coaches and the coaches will say, okay, T.Y., how do you run this route? How is it Rivers, it's not the hitch or the go routes that you need to get used to. It's how does a guy come out of his break at the top of his route? How does a guy look when he's about to break, you know, in, in across the middle of the field? Those little nuances, um, because so much of the passing game, as everyone knows, is timing. So just getting that timing down, okay, this guy's about to break now. This guy turns like this out of his break is something that um, y- you really can't, learn virtually you got to be on the field with guys and feel that although uh, rivers seemed not too worried about it he said in getting out there with jack doyle and paris campbell he said the coaching staff teaches these guys to run routes how how he's always had it done um and i think that familiarity between right between sirianni from their time uh with the chargers will put him at somewhat of an advantage compared to maybe a guy like Tom Brady, who's not as familiar with the coaching staff at very least. You know, Tom Brady, brand new team, brand new coaching staff, not much background there. Um, so hopefully hopefully that does pay big dividends. And River says he's not too worried about it. Maybe that's just him, you know, doesn't want to sound the alarms in June. But I thought that was very interesting. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Philip Rivers now and, when he was signed, there's a lot of people who were happy about it, and there's a lot of people who weren't quite on board. There's a lot of people who go, Philip Rivers is over the hill. Why are we spending all this money on this quarterback? We need to draft a guy. Um, what would it take from Rivers in 2020, both on a team aspect and individual, for even his doubters to go, okay, Philip Rivers was successful this season? If we take injuries out of the equation, injuries out of the equation, whether to him or, you know, the, the rash of injuries at the position 
at receiver last year, which made it very difficult for anybody. I went back and looked, and an average Rivers career season is 28 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 4,200 yards, and 542 attempts, which is 33.8 per game. So if you just think raw numbers, if you get 25 touchdowns and 12 or 13 interceptions, I think he's I think he's giving you all you need. Although from game to game, and again they're going to run the ball. It's it's you know you've got your run the damn ball hat on that you probably wear to bed. But I, they're going to they they didn't draft Jonathan Taylor to get five carries a game. So so whatever what were they they were seventh in the league last year, close to fifth, which is was their goal. How, how do they not run the ball? How, how do they not run for more yards this year? I, 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 they just, they just have to, just by the line being back and, and if it can stay intact, and Max going to be better. Max only in his fourth year, and, and you're going to get those those bigger plays. I think from Taylor, and I think that Rivers is really going to benefit from throwing when he wants to, instead of when when he needs to. So. There's still going to be games where he's going to throw the ball 30, 35 times because that's the way the league is. But they're going to be just as happy as can be if if they're really, really close to that 50-50 run pass. You had the stats we talked about before that in Lux, was it in 2018? When they were, I, I, they, they had to be 64% uh, pass, and it may have been a, almost a, a franchise high in pass attempts. Uh, that's because that's the way they were built. They're not built that way now, so I think we're going to see a lot closer balance, and not just the balance where it feels right, but where the numbers say they're very balanced on offense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Colts have been saying run the ball, run the ball, run the damn ball as a mantra for what feels almost like forever now, but it was just in 2018. do that, and then they never did. Yeah. No, it was just in 2018 that they were second in the league in pass attempts. So this run the damn ball thing has been pretty new. I think the Colts are going to try and stick with it. Kind of looking at those stats, Rivers passing yards wise hasn't been under 4,300 yards since 2014. I think that number is a lot closer to just 4,000 this season because he won't be throwing, you know, out of necessity anymore. It'll be when the play calls for it. Um, I think individually, of Philip Rivers' successful season, 4,000 passing yards, 25 or more touchdowns, and under 15 or less interceptions. If he can stay to 15 or less interceptions, I think that'll be a good enough number that he's not, you know, jeopardizing team success because he's turning the ball over too often. And maybe just as important, maybe 22 sacks. I I don't know what how to put a number on his sack total. Uh, he went down 34 times last year. He's been sacked 445 times in his career. He doesn't have mobility. Uh, some quarterbacks don't have mobility. Tom Brady doesn't have mobility, but he works the pocket well. I'm not sure Rivers has that. And Brissett was sacked. I wish I had his numbers in front of me last year. Uh, I want to say 25 times, and I'm, and I'm just throwing that number out there. But how many did he avoid by having the strength and shrugging people off and moving? I don't know that Rivers brings that to the offense. So they they really can't get into games where they're throwing the ball 40 times. So I don't think that he is equipped at this stage of his career 
to withhold and stand up to that. As good as his offensive line was, is, it still has had problems at times protecting the quarterback. So, I, but but I, again, I think that this this whole thing is going to be, we want to throw when we want to throw, and they want to have Rivers being able to lean on this running game, which I, I did some research, and he hasn't had a top five running attack in like 12 years. So this will be new to him. Absolutely. 27, um, and, and that was with missing a game. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that Brissett definitely shrugged off a lot of sacks, but I think he kind of, at, at times, would hold the ball far too long as well. I agree with um, that. And, and, yeah, and that kind of played into it. Um, I, I looked it up here. According to Pro Football Focus, um, Rivers' offensive tackles last year, Trent Scott and Sam Tavi. Um, consistently put Rivers under pressure. They combined to allow 88 pressures last season. That was the second most in the NFL. So d- just by those standards, Rivers' offensive line is going to be much improved this year. Um, I know he's not a very mobile guy, but hopefully that half a second more to get the ball out of his hands will make all the difference for him. Um, let's talk about team now. How far does this team have to go under Phillip Rivers for the 2020 season to be a success I, I would say certainly playoffs um if the Colts don't make the playoffs this year after all the moves they've made all the money they've spent and how aggressive they've been um almost out of their recent nature that they, they need to make the playoffs for the season to be a success do they need to win a playoff game Mike how far do they need to go yeah I mean I, I think so again I'm with you that not making the playoffs almost is not an option because they made it very clear with the moves they've made, giving up their first-round pick for for Buckner, investing $25 million in Rivers and and, and, and Xavier Rhodes. Uh, they, they, they've tried to still build for the future, but they've made it very clear that we're in this to win now. And I think with the division, we can talk about the division in a week or two. Uh, there's no front-runner in the division. If I had to guess, I would say Tennessee maybe, and that's just a maybe. Uh I think if they don't win the AFC South, it's a, it's, I think it's a disappointment, although you can get a wild card, I realize that. But if you win the AFC South and you've got a game at home, and then you've got a chance to win that first, that, that first game at home. So, yeah, anything short of the playoffs is a major disappointment. And I think winning a first-round game needs to be maybe the bottom-line expectation because, again, this is – a young roster, but it's got a nice mix of the Justin Houston's type players, Costanzo's, uh, but they, they're still building for the future. But the moves they made, it made it very clear that they expect to win now and they should win now. I know um, we'll get much more into the division in later weeks, but I saw this question um, posted on instead of all divisions. Which division has the best chance of sending three teams to the playoffs? And when I started to look at it, I went, the AFC South has got to be up there between the Colts, who were 7-9 and nine last year despite everything that went wrong, Texans and Titans. Um, I thought the AFC West, with you know the improvements that teams like Denver and the Raiders have made, and even the Chargers still have a talented roster outside of Rivers. Um, but, but what did you think, Mike, of the AFC team or divisions, which division has the best chance to send three teams to the playoffs? I like the South as well, uh, because I, I just don't think there's a bad 
taking Jackson a lot of the mix. I don't think there's a bad that 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 threesome is it should be pretty solid. You think the bottom line on all three is eight and eight. You're gonna you should feast on Jacksonville. Uh, the AFC West again. I think that's a loaded division. Uh, the East, I who knows. I I I'm still, I think the, the AFC East is going to be down. I, I really do. Uh, in, in the North with with Baltimore, I like that division with Pittsburgh. I'm until Cleveland does it. You know, I, I'm not I'm not anywhere getting close to their bandwagon. But I can argue strongly on the AFC South. I just I like the way these teams. I I like the way the Colts and Tennessee have done it. I think I think Houston might do it in spite of what they've done because I do think Deshaun Watson is that good. Although we're we're going to see how you how you replace an all world what uh, wide receiver. You know they got was it Brandon Cooks and yeah. that's, he, he he's a solid player. But how you how you replace a, 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 an all pro receiver that you just simply got rid of? Because you weren't willing to pay for an elite talent, uh, the defense is getting older. But I, li- I like those three teams in the South. But if I if I had to kind of see them, I'd say Colts, Tennessee, and Houston. I can't disagree with you there, Mike. Well, we got plenty more to talk about in future weeks of the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Next week, we should be getting some availability to some rookies. Um, hopefully, we'll get Michael Pittman Jr. So we have that to look forward to. You can follow me on Twitter at Roto Street Joe. You can follow Mike on Twitter at mchapel51. Dave, who should also be back next week, you can follow him at Dave underscore. I'm sorry, Dave G underscore Sports. Don't forget the G. And you can follow the Colts Blue Zone podcast on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. And if you have any questions, anything that you would like us to specifically talk about. Um, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter and ask away, and we'll do our best to answer that for you on the podcast. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.